Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. So hello and welcome once again to the Eurotrip. We are a Eurovision podcast, but if you've listened to us before, you will already know that by now. It's me, Rob. It's you, James. And the first question on today's agenda, did you see it? Did I see it? Of course I saw it. Didn't everybody? Did you see it live? Again, didn't everybody see it live? What did you think? I I mean, it couldn't have been better, could it? I like the outfits. Oh, I I liked the dramatic camera angles. Surely everybody at home knows what we're talking about as well. There's, There's no debate about what we're chatting about here. Do you know what we're talking about? I think so. We're talking about the uh, the Norwegian lottery results on Saturday, yeah? That's exactly right we are. You won, didn't you? Yeah, top prize. Five million euros. Oslo 2022, that trip's on you. <laughs> well, that was silly, wasn't it? Anyway, here is your brand new episode of the Euro Trip. Enjoy. Do you know what I've just realised? They don't even use euros in Norway. Oh, what a sham. To save re-recording all of that again, I will just be leaving that in. Take two. Here's this week's podcast. Enjoy. Let the dance macabre begin. Ladies and gentlemen, good evening and a very warm welcome. I know the only one show in the world that combines it all. Singing, music, dancing, traditional and ethnic styles. It's massive. It's twice the Super Bowl. It's like 200 million people. When we reach the end of the show in approximately three to eight hours, we will have a new champion. Now let's get to it. Are you ready to party Europe? It is easy what they say. What I say. This is the Euro Trip. Hello and welcome to the Eurotrip, your favourite Eurovision podcast with me, James. Me, Rob. And this week, Albert from Lake Malawi. Now, I have already heard this interview. I listened to it earlier on in the week. And listeners, you are in for an absolute delight. I had an absolute ball recording this interview. 
uh, with Albert. At the back end of 2020, uh, we finally managed to, to catch up. I was chasing him for, for far too long, some would say. Uh, but no, he was a thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyable person to be speaking to. And we chatted about loads and loads of things like the success of Lake Malawi before they went to Eurovision, uh, what it was like to be immersed in the Eurovision community itself. Uh, of course, I asked him about that uh, iconic yellow jumper and stick around to find out what exactly he's talking about here. He said, you should apply, it's good PR. And he said, don't worry, I, I think you're, you're probably not gonna succeed. But uh, I still didn't wanna go, but I, uh, uh, I, I couldn't say it because it, it would just be impolite. Now also listeners, just to let you into something, James is wearing a yellow jumper while we record this week's podcast, which apparently is a complete coincidence. But it is fantastic to have you with us as ever, and the world of Eurovision just keeps on turning. There is so much going on this week, which we're going to try and cover for you over the next hour or so. I will be sitting down with journalist Sheila Kammerman from a Rotterdam-based newspaper in the Netherlands to find out what's going on with them hosting Eurovision and what potential scenario we can look ahead to as the Dutch make a decision on how they're going to host Eurovision next month. And I will be catching up with another national finalist who will be trying to represent their country at Eurovision 2021. And this week, we're speaking to the lady who represented Croatia back in 2016 and hoping to represent them again this year, Nina Kraljic. All the latest news on the way shortly. You're listening on Acast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. This is the Eurotrip. So that's right, you are listening to the Eurotrip. It's our third episode of 2021. And as ever, it's a pleasure to have you along with us, whether this is your first time listening or you have been listening religiously in the past, listening to some of our recent episodes, especially last week when we had a few big stories breaking from uh, from some of our interviews. And some of you have been getting in touch with us on Twitter. We are at Eurotrip Podcast to share your thoughts and feelings on the podcast itself. Uh, Jamie got in touch on Twitter to say uh, it was an amazing episode. I loved hearing how enthusiastic Damien was about representing her country at Eurovision. And then Nick as well saying, uh, even though it's undecided, Dami, please come back for 2022. And then Eileen as well saying... In your words as well, I think this is how you put it, Rob. Come back, Queen. You deserve to win. <laughs> That's exactly how I would put it. Exactly. I couldn't have said it better myself. No, we, we emphasised this a lot on last week's episode. And I want to say it again. Thank you so much to Dami for joining us on the podcast last week. Because as we said last week, she doesn't give many interviews. It was brilliant to be able to hear from her. And she also spoke uh, a lot about whether or not we are going to see her at Eurovision in 2022 or in Australia Decides in 2022, which is very, very exciting. Uh, Talking of national finals, that was the other big story that came out of last week's podcast was, James, your chat with your friend of mine, Giannis, from Eurovision Fun, who I think uh, a little bit of feedback from you, he needs to sort out his uh, his acoustics. Did you do the interview in a bathroom? It, it did sound like it, didn't it? It was a bit echoey, but uh, we still managed to hear him just about to give us that little bit of a, a exclusive story, didn't we? He gave us the news that Greece and ERT, the Greek broadcaster, are going to hold a national final for Eurovision 2022. And loads of you have been in touch uh, on that and on the supplementary uh, article, which you can find over on Eurovoir.com. Uh, Jan Bors, who, of course, was the Czech head of delegation for the last few years, has his own brilliant YouTube series, Humans of Eurovision, which you should check out. Um, he replied and he said, national selections are being trendy again. So glad. 
Uh, got another one from uh, Dimitris on Twitter. He said, looking forward to 2022 already. Uh, and my favourite one coming from at Euro underscore Bruno. And I also also want to say how delighted I am that the Twitter handles are more easy to pronounce this week. Uh, Bruno said, oh my God, after a shopping mall and a car park, I hope it's in a high school cafeteria this time around. Uh, Bruno, of course, referencing some of the scintillating venues that Greece have chosen to host some of their former national finals in in the past. Indeed, all this news about national final season for 2022, we should actually look at national final season for 2021, Rob. Should we do some of the news? I think we should. Cue that hideous, hideously cheesy jingle. As James mentioned earlier on, it is our third episode of 2021, which should mean by now that you know what that jingle means. It means that it is time for us to run you through all the very latest news from the world of Eurovision. And this week, we're in the capable hands of Mr. James Rowe. Oh no, you've said the word capable. Let's try and not mess this up. But because it's been a busy week, as it probably will be every week until the middle of May when Eurovision kicks off in Rotterdam. But more on that uh, a little bit later on. Uh, it's probably best to start with Melody Grand Prix because the first semi-final of national final season 2021 kicked off last Saturday with, how I'm going to pronounce it, Blast Mafian qualifying to the final with their song Let Loose. We've also had the next semi-finalist revealed for this coming weekend show. Let's have a listen to those. There they were. What do you think of those ones for this coming weekend? Uh, got a lot of time for the variety of genres, as we've seen from the previous semi-final. And I enjoy this trend, which appears to be emerging, of a lot of 80s synth pop in the songs that are trying to compete to go to Rotterdam. So the more 80s synth pop sounding songs, the better. Oh, that's a mouthful, isn't it? 80s synth sounding Pop, whatever you said. You're showing your age there, Rob, liking all that sort of thing. But anyway, Lithuania also kicked off their national final season uh, on Saturday. Five acts have qualified to the semi-final. And also on Friday, the Roop are releasing their song, Discotech. Of course, they already have a place guaranteed in the grand final. Over in Croatia, the running order and presenters have been announced for Dora 2021. That is their national final to decide who is taking part for them at Eurovision 2021 and we will be speaking to one of them Nina Kraljic no less a little bit later on in the podcast so stick around for that one Uh, over in Finland we have the artist announced for UMK that is the name of their national selection program names you will recognize include Axel who was due to represent them in 2020 and Laura who represented Estonia in 2017 we will have all of the songs released by the end of this week but a lot of attention is on the song by Teflon Brothers. Their song is called I Love You. Let's take a listen to that. 
nästan så. Rob, I love you. Do you love that? I do love that. That is a lot of fun. I said this to you before we started recording. It's one of those where I think the studio edit probably sounds better than it will live, but I'm fascinated to see how they're going to translate that onto a stage. And also, it's doing numbers on YouTube, James. It's, it's popping off. It is. It's doing numbers. It's popping off. It's already had well in excess of 200,000 views on YouTube, 200,000 plays on Spotify. So that is a song to keep your eye on. But over to countries where we already know which artist is going to represent them at Eurovision 2021. First to Israel. Eden Alen will not be performing her songs live in their national final show, which takes place on January the 25th. And over in Romania, Roxanne on social media has said she has chosen her song for Eurovision as well. But that is despite TVR, the broadcaster, and Global Records, who they are collaborating with. Neither of them have said exactly how the song has been chosen. How very, very intriguing. Uh, we should also mention as well, by the time you listen to the podcast this week, we may have found out who is competing in Portugal's uh, Eurovision selection, which I am going to brutally mispronounce now, which I believe is called something on the lines of Festival da Conchao. <laughs> if you do want to know exactly how that's pronounced, uh, go to you local Portuguese translator, as I'm sure many of you have just sitting there at home as well. Yeah, we've all got one on speed dial, haven't we? We we all do. Uh, James, a great repertoire there, a great rundown of, of the news that we've seen over the last few days. However, you've missed something, haven't you? Have I? A big story? Surely I've never missed a big story. It's a pretty massive story, yeah. A pretty massive story around whether or not Eurovision... Well, not whether it will take place or not, but how we can expect it to take place in May, uh, because there is a lot of trepidation, a lot of nervous feeling uh, around the Eurovision community at the moment. I don't need to tell you, listener, you're one of them, you know what's going on at the moment, uh, about what sort of Eurovision we can expect in Rotterdam in May, with the global pandemic continuing, with vaccinations being given, who knows what sort of situation we will be in in a few months' time. Uh, Siet Sivaka, the executive producer of Eurovision, he's been talking about what we might be able to expect. Uh, I mentioned him earlier as well, Jan Bors, who has his Humans of Eurovision series on YouTube. He's spoken to Siet Sivaka. It's a great interview, so do go check that out. Uh, but Siet said that no decision has been made yet about uh, Eurovision and what might be about to happen. But I thought I'd try and get the inside line from somebody who actually lives and works in Rotterdam itself. So I sat down with the journalist Sheila Kammerman. Now, she works for a newspaper based in Rotterdam. And I started by asking her how excited the residents of the city were that Eurovision was, fingers crossed, coming to town. A lot of people in Rotterdam are... Um, because of course it's a big uh, festival. It's a, it's a, yeah, they're looking forward very much. For example, my youngest daughter, she's 16, she can't wait. At the same time, there are also some people, there are also some opponents uh, to the Euro, Eurovision because uh, it costs the city a lot of money, they argue. And they say there are a lot, Rotterdam is not a very rich city. There are quite some poor people and they say they can spend the, the money better on this to help them, especially in these difficult times. But I think most of the people really looking forward, also especially because of the hard, rough times we are we have at this at this moment, and they're really looking forward to something this big and nice to happen. Is there a bit of a disappointment in in Rotterdam and in the Netherlands that that this was the time when the Netherlands could host it? You know, if it hadn't happened this year or last year. 
you the Netherlands could have hosted Eurovision as, as we'd expect. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, there's a lot of disappointment. Yeah, especially also in the city, because it is a city. It's not uh, Amsterdam, you know. Everybody knows Amsterdam. You go there for, you know, it's it's a famous city. Rotterdam is also as big, more or less, but it's more known. So they they really wanted to to uh, to get some more, uh, you know, to get, that people will come and see Rotterdam. It's a very it's a very nice city. It's also, you know, it's special. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's different from from Amsterdam. That doesn't uh, doesn't have the canals and all this stuff, but it's it's beautiful. So yeah, people are disappointed. Yes. Can Can you just give us a, a bit of an idea about what the situation is is like in the Netherlands at the moment? It's a bit similar to to Britain, I guess. Uh, although you have this um, UK of, uh, COVID variant, of course, it's. Uh, uh, and we thought maybe we can uh, we can stop it at the border, <laughs> but we didn't succeed. So it uh, starts to um, people got infected in a small city close to Rotterdam, Bergsenhoek. Uh, it started at the primary school there. Uh, we we tried to to contain it to 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 keep it there, but it didn't succeed. So it's spreading now in uh, the rest of Holland uh, slowly. We try, of course, to do the best to the best to stop it, but it's very difficult, as you know, because it's so contagious. You say so. Yeah, this this is the we start we did start vaccinating. We did start late, one of the uh, last countries in Europe, but. We did start, but because of this variant, we are we don't know yet uh, what will happen. We 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 are we are we have a lot of measures at the moment. Shops are closed, as besides the supermarkets, everything is closed. Libraries, uh, everything, cafes, restaurants, of course. So, and we are still waiting how it will go. When it comes to to Eurovision, the the authorities, as you've said, are, are still yet to make a decision on on what Eurovision this year will look like and I think we understand they're going to make it in the middle of February so in about a month or so's time exactly yeah what's your I you know I appreciate this isn't as you you, you've said to me before we start the recording you're you know you're not a scientist this isn't your area of of expertise but what would be your thoughts about the sort of Eurovision we might see well it depends about this this uk variant how how we will be able to stop it uh, and um uh, yeah the the measures that uh, will be taken at that time but it won't be as uh, eurovision like it should be like with all people coming lots of crowds uh, people standing close to each other i can't I, because it's already in may so it's you know they 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 expect to be finished vac- vaccinating the people that want to be vaccinated at the end of the summer, so not in May. So I think that we we hope that it will be go on for on a certain way in life. Uh, we don't know yet how, and there is also a possibility that there that it won't be a, a, a live event at all. And the, the people, the artists have to record their songs, uh, you know, and that we will all watch on television. But uh, I hope, my youngest daughter hopes, and a lot of uh, people in Holland hope, most people, that it will be at least, you know, with a lot of measures, but at least uh, a, a bit like this, the Eurovision uh, song contest, contest should be. 
So a really interesting insight there. Thank you very much to Sheila Kammerman for joining us on the podcast this week. And for all the latest news, all the latest developments, don't forget, make sure you are following Eurovoir at Eurovoir on Twitter or Eurovoir.com for all the very, very latest news as and when we get it. This is the Euro Trip. When you aren't listening, you can find us on social media. We're at Eurotrip Podcast. Warming you up for the Eurovision Song Contest. So don't forget, in about 10 minutes' time, we will be speaking to Albert from Lake Malawi all about his Eurovision adventure. And there's plenty of uh, interesting stories in there. You don't need me to tell you that. He's a, he's a fascinating man. And we will, of course, be chatting about that beautiful yellow jumper of his so stick around for that but uh we're going to continue our series of chatting to national finalists those artists who are hoping to represent their country at eurovision 2021 hi everybody i'm nina kralic i'm trying to <laughs> represent my country croatia with the song rieka in the past couple of weeks we've spoken to terence james who's trying to represent france we've also spoken to cc who's trying to represent estonia but now we turn our attentions to dora the national selection process in Croatia and we're going to speak to Nina Kraljic, a name who you will no doubtedly remember from representing the country back at Eurovision 2016. So with that in mind I started off by asking her about her memories of being in Stockholm to represent Croatia back in 2016. Honestly uh, it's a mixed up feeling because um, the situation then was really harsh you know, I just finished the, the, the voice project and it took a lot of energy for me because I did that for my best friend. Um, and I still in, uh, still didn't get the time for, you know, grieve and, you know, time for myself. I just, you know, went like a little fish in the water, just, whoa. I will be honest, I wasn't prepared. Uh, I, I didn't have the chance to do it like I would do it, that kind of project. And now... Uh, some years later, I'm actually, I know what to do now. I know who I am. Uh, after five years of really, uh, you know, doing a lot of stuff, uh, a lot of genres of music, a lot of styles, a lot of mashups. Uh, now, uh, even in my career, um, I'm actually going into this ethno fantasy related music uh, with, you know, movie scores behind it. Um and it's really nice to actually have this sense of yourself, you know, okay, this is what I want to do. So let's turn our attentions to 2021 now then, because you must Ooh. be looking forward to taking part in this national selection. Because, of course, you mentioned for 2016, you didn't have to take part in any sort of selection. You were just chosen because you were on The Voice. So how much are you looking forward to yeah. taking part in the national selection? So much, so much, because now after this four years, uh, I have completely different views, you know, and I gathered so much information. I gathered so much about this job. Uh, I worked a lot on my, you know, social behavior because communication with other people is very important in this job as well. You cannot be like, you know, oh my God, somebody's talking to me, you know. Uh, so it's a lot of work on yourself, not just music. Okay, this is my cat doing the, the, the sounds, like the damage, if you hear yeah, it. Yeah, I can't hear them. It's absolutely One fine. Is, is he okay? Is the cat One definitely okay? Gonna he's going to destroy my apartment <laughs> one day and eat me, probably. But, yeah. Okay. Um, so I was saying, uh, I have a completely different now, you know, I'm much more mature, mature 
in a way, I still, I, I'm still a little kid, you know, in some things. But uh, there was a lot of growing in so many areas, especially uh, the last year for everybody who, whom I speak with. Then you have to be really courageous and crazy at the same time to go and do projects like this. But since I am a little bit crazy and I'm definitely courageous, I, I felt like, yeah, this is the time to do this because now when I know which style am I going to do in what way, in which direction, I know all the details, I've written everything down, even the video for the new song, uh, I've written everything down, um, uh, costumes, um, you know, every little detail, everything you will see uh, in the video after the Dora and in Dora is completely like from my head and my vision and stuff you know so it's it's really nice to to be able to finally you know do something from the heart that's really completely yours what can you tell us about your song for dora then because of course they've not been released to the public yet but what can you tell us um there's not much i can i can tell because you know strict rules uh we shouldn't talk about the song we cannot you know uh, sing a little part of the song or something but I can say what I what I told uh, uh, before uh, the song is definitely gonna be in my native language in Croatian and it's gonna stay like that uh, wherever it goes because um, what I'm doing uh, from now on is putting this heritage of Balkan territory and Croatia as well of course uh, to a higher level because we were really really proud people and we still are especially in times of crisis we are like the biggest warriors oh vikings cannot beat us <laughs> i'm sorry people but <laughs> it's it's true it's just true we have some spirit some some really huge heart something extremely powerful uh and my music is gonna be epic what would be your expectations then if you went to eurovision this year because in 2016 was it a 22nd place finish 23rd place finish yes i would go for the first five you want to be top five in in the grand final honestly if i would go i would go for the first five places definitely without without thinking without thinking i would go for i mean because you have to shoot high uh in first Eurovision, i didn't shoot i was like let me go to the finals please god and all the gods all the slavic gods and everybody on the earth and above and stuff and in the sea um because I just wanted to go to the finals uh, because I was really, the situation with my head was like, <laughs> you know, uh, I was overstressed and overwhelmed and I didn't know what I'm doing. It was like the meme with the dog who is uh, cooking in the kitchen and <laughs> it states like, I don't know what I'm doing, you know, uh, but now there's none of this problems, you know, so uh, I would I would shoot high. Yeah. How, how are you feeling about taking part in in Dora or perhaps at Eurovision as well without a crowd because obviously we know what the situation is like at the moment where we don't have a crowd but yeah so yeah do you do you thrive off having the crowd there is it going to be weird not having the the interaction with the audience yeah uh it's it's really weird it's really weird um honestly um I can sing for two people and two thousand people and two million people I will still derive the same message I had the situations like that. You sing for 2,000 people and the next day you sing for two people. So that wouldn't keep me for delivering what I have to deliver. 
Now, one thing I'm sure a lot of people will look forward to see when you take part in Dora this year is the outfit you wear, because whether you like it or not, you won the Barbara Dex Award in 2016. So are we going to get something ridiculous like that again? Listen, I also won the award that year for the most charismatic person, and nobody speaks about that. I mean, <laughs> Barbara Dex ruined my, uh, my other reward. Uh, one final question for me, I guess, is because obviously there will be a lot of people listening who will want to vote for you in Dora and potentially at Eurovision if you make it. So what message do you have for people out there who will hopefully be picking up their phones and voting for you this year? Well, it sounds like, it sounds really like a typical statement, but I really mean it. It's, you really have to vote from the heart. And uh, if you think the song is the best, then vote. This is the Euro Trip. So thank you very much to Nina for joining us and for joining James for a chat this week. Good luck to her and everyone else taking part in Dora. And by the way, if you want to see a video of Nina and her very excitable cat, which I know, James, you found very distracting during the interview with Nina, uh, you can check that out over on at Euro Trip Podcast on Twitter, that video going live on Thursday. So depending on when you're listening to this, it's either already there or uh, it's going up tomorrow. Absolutely. Also, you may well have been one of those listeners who listened to that interview and thought, hold on, this interview sounds very, very familiar. Uh, Because if you were one of the people who was on Nina's Instagram page on Thursday, you may well have seen her doing an Instagram live. Uh, So I chatted to her last Thursday and I joined the Zoom call, as we normally do, um, had a bit of a to and fro. And then she said, oh, just so you know, I'm doing an Instagram live at the very same time. And I was in no real position to say no, was I? Yeah, you could be a big name now in Croatia and you don't know. So that's very exciting, isn't it? I think I've been offered a presenting job from HRT, the broadcaster over there. I've had these unknown calls on my phone all day. Is, it, is that the uh, the Croatian homes under the hammer, maybe, or something like that? <laughs> Here we go. This is, this is the Euro Trip. Euro Trip. So from one yellow jumpered man to another, James, who have you been talking to this week? It would be good if people could see my lovely yellow jumper. It's the first time I've worn it. It is so comfortable. Honestly, it's absolutely perfect. It looks a little bit like a nana fleece, but it does look comfy. What, a, na- a nana? Like a like a grandma fleece? Yeah, like a, one that, you know, your Aunt Maud would take out to the shops. <laughs> That's terribly insulting. I'm going to move on swiftly. Uh, yeah, it's time for the big interview this week with Albert from Lake Malawi. Uh, honestly, this man is such a gentleman. He has so much time. I think we, we chatted for, for nearly an hour and you're going to get a really good insight in the next 20 minutes or so. Albert has a fascinating story to tell on whatever question you ask him. So there's uh, there's loads about what his life was like before Lake Malawi, before Eurovision itself, and also what on earth was going on when he ended up in the Polish selection in 2020. So stick around for that. That is quite the story itself. But I started off by asking him about the early years of Lake Malawi. Oh, well, when we started the band... Uh... I didn't really think we would do Eurovision. I wasn't a fan of Eurovision. And uh, so, but we always, uh, we always wanted to make it abroad. We always wanted to play for people all around the world. So uh, when uh, Eurovision came about, we were happy to, to be chosen. <laughs> and and we, we also believed in Friend of a Friend as a song, as a, you know, as the, the song, the, the right one as a single. Uh, so we do Eurovision, but before that, as you said, uh, 
we did it we did two or three little tours in the uk and we played over 350 gigs here in the czech republic so i'm proud to say that we supported the cooks here in prague we supported 30 seconds to mars mika and uh, we played quite a few big festivals for a few thousand people here which are all good memories, especially now that we can't play live for real people out there. So then, so you mentioned all these big names that you've performed with. You've done these massive tours across Europe, across the UK. How did it feel for you guys to, before Eurovision, you know, through, through the adventure beforehand, how did it feel to be getting all of this massive success? I mean, I didn't really feel that the success was massive. It was all, it was more like we wanted to go to the UK and make it there because I always thought I always listened to many English bands uh, like I think the reason I started my first ever band was uh, Coldplay so when I first heard the scientists I thought I want to be in a band and this is how it all started for me in music but uh, before Eurovision came we really wanted to you know to, to have a song that would be heard across the world and to be honest with you it's fairly hard from the Czech Republic, uh, because even here, Czech radio prefers uh, songs sung in Czech. And if you want your song, if you're from here and you want your song to be heard all over the world, it's quite hard to do. And so uh, uh, when Eurovision came and when, when this crazy year with all the pre-parties came around, that was when I started to realize, oh, so this is happening thanks to Eurovision. Let's get to Eurovision then, because it was probably in 2018 that you wrote Friend of a Friend. And am I right in saying that this was one of the first songs that you actually wrote with somebody else? It wasn't just you who wrote the song. Right. Yeah. I, I was in a bit of a crisis and I sort of, uh, I started losing uh, a bit of my self-confidence as a songwriter, as a performer. And my girlfriend told me, you should open up and like do uh, like be more more open to things that are a bit out of your comfort zone and then this this guy called me and said hey do, do, do you want to join join a songwriting camp uh, a Czech songwriting camp and usually normally I would have probably said no but just because I had this conversation like new things that I should try new ways of uh, working things out I said yes and on the first day of that camp, we wrote Friend of a Friend. She was my neighbor when we were 13. She moved back in. There's not much between us now, do you know what I mean? She's only a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend. She's never home because she plays in a band. I don't know if you understand. She's only a friend of a friend of a friend. That is absolutely crazy. Just jumping out of your comfort zone and you managed to to write a song such as Friend of a Friend, it's just absolutely incredible. But for you, you weren't always keen on taking that song to Eurovision, were you? It was just a song that you just happened to have written. It wasn't always going to go there, was it? I wasn't really sure, but I, I, I didn't really know about it uh, until this guy who runs the camp called Jan, uh, he played it to someone uh, from uh, the Czech Eurovision team and then he, thought, he, he, he called me and he said, you should definitely apply because these guys seem to like the song. And I think, you know, if you work hard 
And you know, you, with the fan base you have in the Czech Republic, there is a good chance of you succeeding and representing the country there. So then you've got that backing avenue from the Czech broadcaster. You're in this Czech selection, but it's the selection is a bit different to the other selections across Europe, like Melfest in Sweden, where you would perform live because you don't actually perform live, do you? So you've got the song out there and then everybody across Europe can vote for it. So did you really have much of an idea about how well the song was doing? Did you have an idea that you were actually going to win the selection? No. No so way. What, what's that like then? You, you know, you've put the song out there. What's that process like from entering until being selected? Because you've got no idea. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's very, uh, it's a bit confusing. Um, I even, I even <laughs> went to different uh, high schools where I knew my, my fans study. And I would just like play these random shows and I would tell people to, to vote for the song and we would do these like campaigns. Like, I, I think I was really lucky that uh, quite a few of my famous celebrity friends here, uh, they really liked the song. So like the, the biggest um, radio host uh, in Prague called Lois Maresh, he put it on Instagram and his girlfriend loved it. And so we got all the support from these people, which was great and probably essential for the success. And it was big success as well, wasn't it? Because you get selected and you were already used to going around Europe, going around the UK, supporting you know these, these big names that you've mentioned, Mika and the Kooks and people like that. But what was it like to be going around Europe promoting your song, Friend of a Friend? How relentless was that from when you were selected all the way up until Tel Aviv? Hmm. I thought I was a bit scared. I was a bit scared of all the costumes of all the extravagance. And to be honest, I was a bit scared that I would have to become someone else in a sense, because I think my aesthetic or what I usually listen to is not your typical Eurovision artist. I'm glad, for example, that Duncan Lawrence won, because to me, that's, that's proof of the fact that uh, it's more about the song than uh, about like massive fireworks on stage or like a mirror crazy see-through backwards laser effect jumping out of a trampoline whatever you know so uh i'm i'm glad that there were real uh, actual good songs on eurovision in tel aviv when we were there and that i um, that i wasn't forced to to become someone else as an artist so they basically listened to me or they, they, they were trying to feel who we are as Lake Malawi. And then they did the staging with the squares and like the, like, you know, I, I basically wore a sweatshirt. So it wasn't <laughs> too much of a big um, fashion statement. But, you know, I, I kind of liked it, in fact, in, in retrospect, I do. I've got to ask about the, the yellow jumper because we've seen so many different outfits and so many people just go out there, don't they? But you just went for that simple yellow jumper. What was, what was the reason behind that? Uh, do you think it was a fail yourself? Oh, no, I loved the yellow jumper. Yeah, I should have worn a yellow jumper as well just to show that I did like it. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I just thought, I think it was a great idea because it just shows that, you know, just, you're just a normal bunch of lads who were just out there performing a song you really loved. It was just very normal. I thought about it the other day, actually. I think it was last week, because uh, uh, my girlfriend and I, we went out and we went to this uh, 
stationery store, like a little store with like pencils and notebooks and stuff. And I bought a yellow notepad. And when I was buying that little notebook, I thought to myself, I'm going to write out some hits in this, in this little notebook. Uh, and I took it to the songwriting camp. And the first page of that notebook is friend of a friend. And then I came back and I didn't really think about it, but uh, my, my sister is this, uh, she studied fashion at university and she's a young, you know, fashion, dis fashion designer. So she designed the yellow jumper. And so I wore it. And then when, when it all ended and I came home, I saw the yellow jumper and the same yellow color of the notebook that I bought. And I said, wow. Something kind of clicked. Were you nervous for, for Eurovision then? Because if you've already said that you've done, you know, these massive gigs in front of thousands of people before, was it actually a nerve-wracking experience to go out there? It was because of all the cameras. Much more televised. A much more televised experience. Much more of a... Much more of the... Like a, it was like a music video, actually. Like the, the, the first phrase goes into the Steadicam. Then you, you know, and the first half of the first verse you go on the left and then, you know, the Steadicam comes again and you start dancing around and then you slide on your knees and then there's this cam on the right. And then, you know, there's this big one at the back. So you just look at the crowd and you enjoy yourself. And then, you know, it's all in your head for the first one, two, three rehearsals. And then it's automatic. And that's the point where you really start enjoying yourself. So do you remember those three minutes so well? Because when you were describing, you know, all those camera angles and moves and, and all that sort of thing, you seem to remember it really well. Or is that just you remembering the moves you had to do? Do you actually have a really great memory of the performances? I mean, it wasn't that long ago, was it? <laughs> <laughs> what was it like in, uh, in the green room then? Because that is one of the most nerve-wracking elements as well, isn't it? When you're waiting for the points to come through. Mm. You sort of had to do it twice because of the semi-final and then the grand mm -hmm. final. So how did, you, how did you get through those, those experiences waiting for the points? I was so excited to get to the final, man. Like, it was, a, it was such a great moment for us. All right, five finalists have earned their places on Saturday's final. Five more will join them soon. You can feel the tension as we continue down the list. Everyone wants the magic ticket to the grand final. Only five more talented performers will get it. Who will they be? Here comes the sixth finalist to go through to the final. It's... The Czech Republic! There was a good vibe there in the green room. But on the other hand, uh, I enjoyed the vibe and the whole, the whole atmosphere and the camaraderie camaraderie a, yeah 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 this this that's that's what i was looking for uh backstage uh like in the whole backstage area where you get to meet the other delegations the other artists and where you get to chill and where you, you can meet guys like you like doing interviews with people uh, you can have a snack and you know just like chill on the floor in one of the fat boy pillows <laughs> Uh, and watch uh, somebody else's performance. Uh, that was my favorite place from the arena. What are your thoughts about your, your result there? Because you actually finished second in your semi-final. Um, mm -hmm. And then for the grand final, you are the third best Czech entry ever. Mm -hmm. You've got, some, you've yeah. got some, pretty good, uh, you've got some pretty good results under your belt, haven't you? 
that's that's hard to say. Well, uh, for some of us, uh, you could you, you could say that we uh, we could have done a bit better in the final. Maybe the eleventh place is not like a bronze medal, is it? But <laughs> but still, <laughs> I, I I still tried my best, and uh, I think I don't know. Like for me, I wasn't even I was I wasn't even much more nervous in the in the final performance. Uh, I was just really happy that we're there and the most uh, positive moment I remember was being in the green room and like uh, exploding in like a, a big hug together when we made it to the final. And then of course it ends, doesn't it? And then you've got to turn your attention to, to something else after Eurovision. For a lot of artists, it's difficult because some go to Eurovision to sort of strengthen their careers, but then it doesn't work or, or something like that. But for you guys, it did really work and you were still able to start releasing more singles as well. So how quickly did you turn your attention away from Eurovision 2019 to, to the next step? I'm, I'm going to tell you something uh, I never talked about before. I hope I won't regret it. Uh, but when, when Eurovision ended, I really, I, I was really sad. I, it was all this, all this attention, all, all these great um, things that, that, that were happening. And then, you know, it was gone. So like, uh, first thing I, I did when I, uh, when I sat down in the van on the way to the airport, just like started crying and just like, was crying straight through all the way to the airport, then on the plane, all the way to Prague. And then like, even in the bus, on, on the bus in Prague, just like still, still tears in my eyes, like, oh, I'm just coming from this other world and I, I don't want to come down. This kind of feeling. And I even did a, I even did an Instagram story, like, is there a life after Eurovision? Ha ha ha, kind of, yeah. But it had this, uh, this, um, undertone of like sadness and I got a call from my manager like Albert you have to delete this this isn't right you have to do this okay like well some people might not uh, you know understand me that well you know they don't want to hear about me being like depressed right after your vision ends so like you should probably delete this I'm like come on all right so I so I just I deleted that and then I just uh, went silent for a while and then came back. But uh, uh, like, like you said, for us as a band, uh, as an artist, uh, of course, it, 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 took me, it took me a few days to come down, realize that life goes on. And uh, of course, we were working on uh, new songs, on um, new singles, uh, After Friend of a Friend. I, I still think the, the singles we did, uh, I, I especially like Lucy, uh, I still think it, 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 those are some good songs and uh, I hope if uh, some Eurovision fans can hear me now uh, that those singles didn't let them down after, you know, Friend of a Friend. I'm sure everybody will agree that uh, your singles after Friend of a Friend were as good as Friend of a Friend. Um, I've got to ask you about the song, Lucy, because the, the inspiration for this, I'm not going to say it, but I'll let you because... <laughs> it, it has a strange story, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, we were we we were just making jokes with the uh, cardboard um, 
what would you say, figure? A cutout, of, uh, cardboard cutout. Yeah, the cardboard cutout of uh, Lucy Ayub, of one of the hosts. And uh, we're like, yeah, man, like uh, we were all just joking in, the, uh, in our team, like, man, like I'm so secretly in love with her. Like she's so beautiful, blah, blah, she's so charming. And it was just like this, this funny thing. And then like in, in the green room, she, uh, uh, she sat down like, uh, you know, with us um, in the semifinals or whatever. And we're like, she's coming, she's coming our way. It's, it's so cool, man. <laughs> so uh, there was this ongoing joke about her. And then when I came back, uh, I went to the, to a songwriting camp in uh, Oslo, in uh, Norway. And actually, um, on the first day of that camp, I, I was uh, in a group with Caesar Samson, who uh, represented uh, Austria. And I told him the story about uh, Lucy and how, you know, we were, we were doing these jokes and like, she's beautiful. I, 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 I showed her, I showed him her picture and all that, and and he said, "Yeah, man, we should write a song about her." So you've done Eurovision 2019. You've started to do some more music, and then, strangely enough, the Polish selection for Eurovision 2020 comes around. Talk us through that. Where did that come from? My God, I can't. Really, I'm not sure I can tell you the truth. Uh, I, I, we we had a manager in Warsaw, in Poland, and uh, he said you should apply, it's good PR for you. And I'm like, yeah, but I, I'm not sure I wanna do Eurovision again. I think I don't. I, I did friend of a friend and I'm happy with how it all you know, came about. And I'm not sure I wanna go there again. And he said, don't worry, I, I think you're, you're probably not gonna succeed. You're not completely Polish, you're, you're from, from the Czech Republic. But uh, I still didn't want to go, but I, uh, uh, I, I couldn't say it because it, it would just be impolite. So I went on the show, did the song, and then I made the finals, which I kind of didn't want, to be honest. I was just, it was just like, hmm, uh, I didn't expect that. I was like, ah, oh, I'm in the final, but uh, what, what happens if they, if they choose me? Um, so then I, was, I, then I just sat there and I, and I was praying. Like, please God, let me be <laughs> second or third. Because I, I sort of didn't want to ruin my Eurovision experience with friend of a friend, like the first time magic and all that. So uh, I just sat there and I thought, maybe someone else is going to win. And she did. Uh, Alicia Szemplinska won. And I, and I think it was the right choice for them too, because she's massive in Poland and She's a great singer too. Does that mean then we may see you back trying to do it again? Maybe for the Czech Republic again? Or is it just totally off your, off your agenda at the moment? Uh, I think it's, if, uh, it's off my agenda, definitely. Uh, just like I said, uh, I want to keep it a, a nice memory with friend of a friend. Uh, but on the other hand, what I think I might be doing more is uh, like songwriting for someone else or... Uh, taking part in the Eurovision world like, from a different angle. Uh, I mean, not as a stage designer, but like a, as a songwriter slash producer, that, that could still be fun. Very exciting. Who knows, we may see you again sometime. It would be great to see you again, for sure. Uh, but I've got one question to ask you. It's a question we ask everybody who comes on the podcast. What is your second favorite Eurovision song of all time? 
Hmm. Hmm. This is hard. I I really enjoyed doing fairy tale in the Polish TV show in Szansa na Sukces. So fairy tale by Alexander Rybak is probably my second favorite. So there he was, the one and only Albert from Lake Malawi, and I can only yet again extend my thanks to him for having that chat with us because as I keep saying I keep saying the words fascinating and I keep saying the words interesting but he did have a fascinating story to tell he's such an interesting guy and so laid back as well you could ask him anything and he was so so open about everything yeah it was just really interesting to hear loads of his stuff me and you have said the word interesting about 47 times in the last 30 (laughs) seconds so that's good but yeah he was so open he was so honest I think some of his stuff about how he was feeling after he had taken part in the grand final of Uvrin itself even 24 hours later and that's something we've heard from so many of the previous entries that we've we've heard on this podcast is you know it's such a come down after you have done Eurovision your time at Eurovision is up and I think that's why we see so many artists coming back again and again and again and those that haven't been back want to go back again or want to be involved again, at least in, in Albert's uh, case, because Eurovision has just brought so much joy to their lives. It's not just us that love it. The artists do as well. No, you're absolutely right. And this was the case when we spoke to, um, or when you spoke rather, to Katniss Alstrom uh, just before Christmas. And, you know, for a presenter or for an artist, uh, they are so deeply, deeply involved. For a fan, we know what it's like when uh, the contest ends on that Saturday night and we wake up on the Sunday morning. It just seems like the world is over, you know, it's empty. But for somebody who's involved in it, and it just it just ends on that Saturday night and they've got to try and work out what on earth they've got to do. So it was very, very uh, lovely of Albert to to be so open about what that is like. And uh, yeah, very nice from in general to chat about all the things he did. So Now, not to trivialise how any of those people were feeling, I imagine it's very similar to how I will be feeling in just a few minutes' time. Because as we enter the final few minutes of the podcast, it is time... For the way in which we end every single episode, which listeners, if you have been around for a while, you will know it is the one second song. New listeners. Oh, I thought it was the Terry Wogan impression. Uh, Well, it could be if you want it to be. Is that? No, I don't want it either. I I shouldn't have brought it up. Let's just do the one second song. Hordy hop. No, sorry. It's too much. It's too much. Don't worry. It'll it'll be back, everybody. Don't worry. (laughs) But, you know, he's, he's just having a little rest at the moment. Anyway. Before I was rudely interrupted, I was trying to explain to any new listeners out there, uh, this is where we play one second of a former Eurovision song, and one of either me or James each week has to guess the song title, the country, the artist, and the year. Uh, Last week, James, you got nil point, because, uh, well, you just did a terrible job, and you don't really know very much about any songs in Eurovision post about 2010 that's what we learned wasn't it uh, correct yeah and i don't really know a great deal post 2010 either but let's uh, let's move swiftly on it's time to embarrass you because i feel like either you're gonna straight away say four points and give me each of them straight away or you were gonna say that is the most devious one second song you've ever posed okay well here it is then for both me and for you the listeners at home here is for the first time this week's One second song. I'm back in the room. I just needed a second there to try and solidify in my mind what my guess is going to be. Because I think I know it, James. However, I was about to say the name of the artist has escaped me, but it has just returned to my brain. Before I give you what I'm sure is the correct answer, let's hear it one more time. 
So you did sound quite confident. However, you were dragging that out as if you were trying to remember for all that time. So big question is, have you remembered? Do you know what it is? I think I have remembered. The only thing that I'm slightly iffy about is the year, because I feel like ever since we actually had a Eurovision, everything is just sort of blurred into one, because <laughs> it feels like an absolute lifetime ago we actually saw a live Eurovision, doesn't it? Yeah, I think I'm ready. And I think I'm going to say, you know what, James Rowe? I'm going to get all four points. Whoa, we've heard that before, and it went drastically wrong. So, Rob, let's start with the one you are least confident on, which is the year. Go for it. Uh, the year is 20... 20- 19. Keep going. You give us the rest. It is the Czech Republic. It is Mikolas Joseph. And it is Lie to Me. Well, first of all, I can tell you there's a big clue as to one of the things you were wrong about in this week's episode. Because, of course, Czech Republic 2019 was Lake Malawi. <laughs> <laughs> so... So I can tell you, you definitely haven't got four points. I don't think I don't think me getting the other three points is going to bring back any form of reputation that I've just <laughs> lost there, has it? Oh, for goodness sake. <laughs> uh, but let's just put you up the misery. I think you know it already. You were correct on the other three. It's Miklas Joseph, it's Light to Me, and it was the Czech Republic. Let's have a listen. She a good girl at home, but her skirt goes up like Marilyn Monroe's. Papa likes the drama, mama harder than lava. She rockin' high heels, spider her face like Madonna. By the way she moved, got me making a puddle. Baby, I already knew you would be nothing but a trouble. Damn it, everybody knows she never loved for real. Honey bunny up all night when I be up for those queen. I know you got a bubble butt on his bamboo when you were still seeing me. Well, he didn't even know me. But goddamn, he got me count to three. Now sit down, GGY, I'm on fire. Come and lie to me, lie to me, oh baby. Come a little closer. Uh, Czech Republic there, James, famously not from 2019, but from 2018, Rob. How on earth did you get that wrong? Well, like I said, everything just sort of merges into one, including, apparently, uh, what happened on this podcast just minutes before. Uh, I hope Albert himself wasn't listening to that, because that's thoroughly embarrassing. Uh, But yeah, I'll I'll take that. I'll take the three points. I I still managed to embarrass myself, even in getting the correct answer, didn't I? But I will take that. And uh, yeah, thank you very much for, I think, being a little bit lenient on me this week. (laughs) Anyway, very well done to you. You got three points, which uh, which is more than I ever get. So very well done to you. And if you got it right at home as well, big well done to you too. But... It's time to wrap up this week's episode. We are we're pretty much done here, aren't we? We are pretty much done. It has been a delight to journey through the world of the latest Eurovision news with you, to bring you some wonderful voices from the past, present, and who knows, maybe future of the Eurovision Song Contest. Uh, and if you have enjoyed any of what you've heard, please do get in touch, whether it is about our interviews with uh, Sheila Kammerman, the Dutch journalist, with Nina Kralich, or with Albert Off of Lake Malawi, famously from representing the Czech Republic in 2019. That's 2019. At Your Trip Podcast on Twitter. And we're also on Instagram as well. Absolutely. You'll never forget that. 2019, Rob. 2019. Uh, but yeah, as Rob says, it's the end of this week's episode. So we'll be back again next Wednesday with a brand new episode, another big interview, another national finalist, all the latest news as well. But in the meantime, don't forget to subscribe. Rate us five star and leave us a review wherever you're listening to the podcast this week. Uh, From me, 
it's goodbye. And from me, before I say goodbye, listeners, it is important to point out that, as you've probably heard from the hesitancy in James's voice, he does almost forget those phrases every single week, despite us having been doing this since the first week of August, but having embarrassed him enough. It is also time for me to say goodbye. Oh, I tell you, we had a shambles this week, didn't we? Jeez, how many times did we have to stop and start there? Blimey. I think mostly down to me, so apologies on my behalf. You heard there, listener. Not my fault. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.